The theme at this year's GeekWire Awards was Star Wars, but we did not need to go to a galaxy far, far away to find the force that promises to reshape the technology industry. And of course, all the new AI methods that have come out are also completely revolutionizing the biotech space in all sorts of ways. The game-changing potential of AI was on the minds of many finalists and attendees, and it was integral to the business models of many of the companies featured on stage. Y Labs, developing an AI platform that monitors data. Our mission is to use AI to create quiet ICUs. Lexion, creating AI-powered contract management software. AI guardrails and precautions were also top of mind. And so if we do choose to use an AI model for some portion or aspect of our business, we need to be really sure that the way it was trained reflects the people who are showing up to interact with it. AI was even featured in the opening performance at the GeekWire Awards by Rob McPherson, a.k.a. the drunken tenor of the Seattle Opera. Ask me a question and I'll reply. I'm your personal generative AI. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop. Coming up, Highlights from the GeekWire Awards, featuring conversations with finalists and attendees about the economy, artificial intelligence, and Star Wars, plus lots of cool technology along the way. Let's kill all the weeds with lasers. Thank you, everybody. Seattle rocks. First up, one of the finalists for user experience design of the year. So my name is Ophir Onen. I'm CEO of CalmWave. CalmWave is building the first objective measure of clinical workload to foster nurse retention. We're doing that by first fixing the problem of alarm fatigue in ICUs. CalmWave was later named the winner of UX Design of the Year. Accepting the award on stage, CEO Ophir Onen put the problem the company is solving in vivid terms. Imagine working in an environment where flashing lights and loud beeps every few minutes, all day, and all night is the norm. Our mission is to use AI to create quiet ICUs. Speaking before the event, he pointed out the irony of the GeekWire Awards category in which CalmWave was recognized. You have almost never heard the term healthcare and UX design of the year. We aim to change that. The way that we do things is we look at it from the context of big data and data science. So in healthcare, you sometimes see, here's a six foot wide monitor full of patients' vital signs, massive cognitive overload. We actually show people lenses into that data where we show different slices of the data in the context of an individual, in the context of the entire unit, in the context of the entire hospital, as a summary of all those units. CalmWave uses AI as part of its solution. Ophir Ronen said a major challenge with other forms of AI in healthcare is the black box problem, the lack of explanation and understanding of how AI generates its output. So for us, we're all about transparent AI. Our models are about math and statistics, and it's very clear how we got to our conclusions. That's the first step to getting AI into healthcare. In line with the theme of the night, one question that I asked everyone was if they could choose one Star Wars character that embodied the spirit of their company or the work that they did, 
Who would it be and why? Ophir Ronen of CalmWave had an answer immediately. Han Solo, because we're disruptors. We're going into a space that needs to be disrupted, and the status quo is untenable. Ophir Ronen is CEO of CalmWave, winner of the 2023 GeekWire Award for UX Design of the Year. Thanks to Blink UX for sponsoring this category. Next up, one of the finalists for Startup CEO of the Year. My name is Ivan Liachko. I'm a founder and CEO of Phase Genomics in Seattle. And my company develops cutting-edge genome sequencing tools for discovery and diagnostic applications. What's your current outlook on the economy? What are you seeing in your business? And where do you think things are headed? During COVID, I think the overall biotech ecosystem really benefited a lot sort of financially because there was this huge windfall from the diagnostic opportunities on the COVID side. More recently, the pendulum definitely swung the other way. Things have gotten really tight for a lot of groups. And so, you know, there's a lot of folks out there in our space that are, you know, hurting. It's kind of tough. We've weathered it pretty well. I think there's a lot of optimism looking forward because a lot of new technology has developed. There's been a lot of progress in biotech in general. And of course, all the new AI methods that have come out are also completely revolutionizing the biotech space in all sorts of ways. On the subject of AI, are there ways that you're incorporating AI today that you might not have even been thinking about a few months ago or a year ago? Oh, absolutely. I think the biggest opportunity that the new kind of AI revolution enables is that it allows us to go from sort of a, a retrospective kind of diagnostic analytical way where you kind of use computational biology tools to discover variants and, and mutations and things like that in people's genomes. With AI, we can actually try to make predictive mechanisms. So actually start predicting things that haven't been observed yet and start predicting outcomes for patients without necessarily knowing everything about them. So really, the opportunity is switching from a purely kind of diagnostic analytical model to a more prognostic, predictive model. And can we, can we head off diseases before they happen? Can we make interventions against pandemics that haven't happened yet, sort of before they, they happen? And uh, I think that's really what the AI developments are enabling us to do is kind of instead of just looking backwards and diagnosing things that have already happened to really, you know, look into the future and predict things before they have happened. If you could choose one Star Wars character that embodies the spirit of your company or the work that you do, who would it be and why? Well, you know, Todd, uh, I'm going to say we're definitely Baby Yoda. Because we're small. Well, I, I got to correct you. Grogu is the technical name, but go ahead. Everybody knows who you're talking about. Yes. Yes. If you'd like that. Uh, uh, yeah. No. We're definitely Baby Yoda because we uh, we're small but mighty, uh, and uh, super cute. I can attest to that. All right. Now let me ask you this. So, where are you from originally? So uh, I immigrated from Ukraine when I was a child. Uh, back then, it was still the Soviet Union when I came, but. Uh, but it's Ukraine now, and so we're pretty heavily involved with, uh, with the Ukraine situation these days. How has the situation there in your former homeland changed your perspective on your day-to-day -day here over the past couple of years? No, it's a really good question. So actually, earlier this week, we had an event. We run this event, virtual event called Genome Startup Day. And our last episode, which was just a few days ago, was actually on Ukrainian startups. And the reason we kind of wanted our latest episode to be centered around Ukrainian startups is... You know, I at some point, there was a delegation here that was kind of serving, like learning about the U.S. ecosystem, folks from Ukraine who are like building the startup ecosystem down there. And 
uh, it kind of blew my mind. You know, I'm from, I'm, I grew up there, so I kind of un uh, understand a little bit. But, you know, you know, there's people who are like, like every night I have to run down to like a bomb shelter. This is like visceral and real. There was a there was a giant bomb crater at some point right next to the house where I grew up in Kiev. Wow. In like the little playground I used to play with. I was like, I know that place. We saw it. And, you know, something like that is happening. And you have these people who are like building the startup ecosystem. They're like holding events like this one. Can you imagine no. such a thing, right? It's crazy. The premise of Genome Startup Day was that we wanted to we want to get people in front of founders, not so much for academic purposes, like learn how to fund startups, and, but really to hear like personal stories. And what's more personal than something like that? I think that's really what kind of blew my mind is that this there's this sort of uh, conjunction of something that's so unusual and so intense and crazy and also kind of like mundane, normal, everyday things. And they're happening at the same time, right? And I wonder like what would happen here if that happened, right? Like if, if, if there was like a rocket strike downtown Seattle, like are we all just gonna keep having, you know, nice uh, awards and uh, startup things, right? Or how would we change? And so I learned a lot about, you know, just how people see these things, how they're able to persevere. We were talking to one of the founders, this was yesterday when Russia launched one of the major strikes. And he was like, here's my situation. At 3 a.m. I wake up, we all go to the, um, we all go to the bomb shelter. And then at like 5 a.m. I have my coffee. At 6 a.m. I am uh, watching a bunch of startup pitches. <laughs> And that's a real story. It's not like that's actually happening. And it really makes you question sort of what would I be doing, you know, uh, in, under sort of those conditions. And you talk about like startup, startup grit, right? Startup founders have to have grit. Like there's your grit. <laughs> wow. Where can people find out more about this program that you're talking about? Sure. Uh, it's called Genome Startup Day. You can Google it, genomestartupday.com, Twitter, at Genome Startup. And uh, you know, or phase genomics in general, we're the sponsor of it. So we, uh, if you if you follow us, um, like at phase genomics, uh, you will find Genome Startup Day too. Ivan, thank you very much for sharing your story with us. Of course, thanks for having me. Ivan Liachko is co-founder and CEO of Phase Genomics. After the break, another of the finalists for Startup CEO of the Year is reinventing the food that we eat by returning us to our roots. I wanted a career in IT, but I didn't know where to start. WGU makes it simple. Their accredited online degree programs cover all kinds of IT specialties, and they have valuable industry certifications built in at no extra cost. The payoff? Having those certs back up my degree makes me look even better to future employers. A nonprofit university that includes top industry certs in their programs? I choose WGU. Learn more at wgu.edu backslash IT certs included. My name is Christy Legali. I'm the founder and CEO of Rebellious Foods. And we are a company that uses technology to make plant-based meat available and affordable for everyone, and particularly for our public schools. When you look at the economy right now, what is your outlook overall? What are the realities for your company right now? And where do you see things headed over the next six months to a year? Yeah, so the plant-based meat industry is kind of its own ecosystem in that um, for a long time, there was a, a big rush around plant-based meat. We need to be able to feed 
you know, up to 10 billion people on this planet and we can't do it with animal meat. We need plant-based and other alternatives. So as a result, there was a, definitely a lot of push over the last five or so years. There's been a dip in a lot of interest in plant-based meat because no one has ever been able to make it profitable or super profitable, unlike the meat industry, which has had 70 years to scale through automation. And so the whole goal of Rebellious Foods is to automate the production of plant-based meat, just like the animal meat industry has done for animal meat, and particularly chicken production, and therefore be able to industrialize, automate, and bring down the cost of making plant-based meat so that we can serve some of our most vulnerable populations with climate-friendly foods. So to some extent, that might be somewhat insulated from variable economic trends and more vulnerable to long-term financial interests and, and tastes in the general public? Possibly, but actually, you know, for the most part, people have been eating animal-based chicken products for a long time. Plant-based tastes just as good, just as scrumptious for kids, and, and it's so much better for the environment, for the planet, for their health, that I think that long-term, it's going to be always a winner because you're doing the right thing for our health, the planet, the kids, et cetera, and the animals, right? But it's a good time for us because we're meeting people where they're at. And what we need right now are cost-competitive meat alternatives to help address climate change and all of the other reasons we want our public schools to have healthy food. You've definitely got some macro trends working in your favor. We're talking a lot about AI here at the awards tonight. It's kind of the topic of the moment right now. Are there ways that you're thinking about or perhaps even incorporating AI into your own business or work now that you might not have been, say, even three or six months ago? Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly finding it very interesting to understand how we can automate the most rote tasks on an administrative level. There's an enormous amount of supply chain work that goes into running a food company. There's an enormous amount of customer paperwork and things like that. So what I've learned about ChatGBT and other tools like that could go a long way to helping a small company like ours automate some of the most laborious administrative tasks that we do every day. But not yet in the science area, it sounds not, like. Not yet in the science area. The science that we do is hands-on mechanical food processing. So I haven't seen any AI benefits there yet, but I'm sure somebody will figure it out. <laughs> all right, Christine, now here's the question that some people have been struggling with, I'll, I'll warn you. In line with the theme of the event tonight at the GeekWire Awards, is there a particular Star Wars character that embodies your ethos as a company or as an organization that you would point to from the Star Wars universe? I would definitely say it would be Chewbacca because he's a compassionate animal and a reminder that we don't need to eat our furry friends. Our furry friends are not food. <laughs> Christy, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Christy Legali is CEO of Rebellious Foods. Here's another finalist for Startup CEO of the Year. I'm Emily Pesci. Our company is June, J-O-O-N. And our company is focused on providing mental health care support to teens and young adults, 13 to 24-year-olds. Very interesting. So I'm really interested in the answer to this question based on the context of what your company does. What's your current outlook on the economy? And what are you seeing in your business? And where are things headed from your perspective? Unfortunately, we have a really good problem for our business, which is the market for mental health care support is growing incredibly fast. In fact, I think it may be growing a little bit faster than anybody understands. And so while there may be economic headwinds, and that certainly impacts our customers' ability to pay for care, the need for support far exceeds the supply of that support right now. 
And so at June, we see very little impact on our ability to find customers and our ability to serve them. What we have to be very careful about is continually innovating our business to lower costs so we can make it as accessible as possible by reducing how much therapy costs for a family, which can be very expensive. So I think we'll be in a good place for a while yet. Uh, we are obviously watching what's happening in the economy really closely as we need to raise more capital to, to grow our company. But overall, uh, we've seen very little impact to date at June. How are you incorporating or thinking about artificial intelligence in ways that you weren't a few months ago? Well, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about large language models and, uh, and generative AI. And so, of course, as a, you know, as a team, we think about how it could impact what we do. And the way we think about it is how we could use it to evolve the model of care in a way that is clinically sound. Uh, when we're dealing with humans, we need to be very, very careful about the technology we introduce, especially when they're vulnerable humans. In this case, you know, young children, 13 to 24-year-olds who, who have mental health needs. I think one of the things I spend a lot of time thinking about is how we train the models. And one of the things we think about at June in our normal course of care, but applies to AI as well, is how representative of the evidence is various populations, especially underserved populations. And so if we do choose to use an AI model for some portion or aspect of our business, we need to be really sure that the way it was trained reflects the people who are showing up to interact with it. And so one of the opportunities I think exists in AI for June is not just as a consumer of the output, but as a contributor to the sort of training sets that drive that output. And uh, I think if we can drive for really diverse representation in those training sets, we can find something that can impact the communities that truly need mental health support, who may actually be under underrepresented in the data that's being trained on today. So big, big topic. We think it's going to impact us, obviously, and we're very closely watching it but very deliberately engaging with it, I would say. Very interesting. The different side of that whole issue that not a lot of people think about these days. If you could choose, in line with the theme of tonight's event at the GeekWire Awards, which is a bit of a Star Wars theme, if you could choose one Star Wars character that embodies the spirit of your company or the work that you do, who would it be and why? Well, I'm going to create some enemies, I guess, because I'm not really into the Star Wars lore, but... That's okay. You know, it, we don't have to be a monoculture here. Come on. But... <laughs> I guess what I would say off the top of my head is maybe Chewbacca? He seems like a really loyal friend. And, you know, in the world of startups, which is a world that I'm very involved in right now, you never know what's going to come at you. And what you need is a group of people around you who could help you survive whatever that curveball is that flies in your direction. And I feels like Chewbacca would be one of those people. I think at June, we've got a team of Chewbaccas. I think we're a lot better looking, but I think that's the attitude we bring. That loyalty, that desire to fight through things that are hard uh, and just be there for each other. So I hope that works. Uh, Chewbacca. I love it. For somebody who's not into Star Wars, I think that was one of the best answers you could have given. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, and good luck tonight in the Startup CEO of the Year category. Thank you, of course, and thank you to GeekWire for being such an incredible part of our community. Uh, we, we really appreciate GeekWire's role in, in the Pacific Northwest and startups and uh, helping us collide with other wonderful humans as we're doing tonight, but also being journalists and bringing scrutiny, much-deserved scrutiny, to all the things we're doing. Uh, we deserve it, and we welcome it, and it's uh, just a pleasure to be here. That means a lot. Thank you. Emily Pesci is CEO of June and one of five finalists for Startup CEO of the Year in the 2023 GeekWire Awards. 
Thanks to T-Mobile for sponsoring this category. Other finalists in this category included Grin Lord, the CEO of Empathic, which analyzes workplace conversations to improve empathy and clarity in communications. And the ultimate winner of Startup CEO of the Year, Prem Kumar, co-founder and CEO of hiring technology startup Humanly, who in his acceptance speech offered his own economic outlook in the form of a new take on an old startup metaphor. Um, we've been on a mission to make high volume hiring more efficient and more equitable. We've been through a pandemic and an economic downturn and you know, the camel is the new unicorn. Thank you. Next up, not one, but two reality TV stars. This GeekWire podcast is sponsored in part by Yale University Press. Are you concerned about the rise of AI and how it will impact our society? Every day, artificial intelligence presents us with urgent ethical challenges. How do we harness this extraordinary technology to empower rather than oppress? Nigel Shadbolt and Roger Hampson have written a how-to for building ethical machine intelligence. Their new book, As If Human, Ethics and Artificial Intelligence, is now available wherever books are sold. Welcome back. It's a special podcast this week from the GeekWire Awards, where I bumped into a past finalist for Young Entrepreneur of the Year, who also happens to lead us into the reality TV portion of the show this week. We'll get to that in just a minute. Claudius member, co-founder and CTO of Spritz. Spritz essentially is a business in a box for housekeepers, helping them manage their business and stay on top of things. Now, in their prior incarnation, you would have thrown Airbnb into that elevator pitch, but you're not doing that right now. Exactly. We have since pivoted from new, which was essentially Uber for Airbnb cleaning, and decided to focus on the vertical SaaS aspects of managing a cleaning business, helping housekeepers manage their business and be more profitable and operate their business more efficiently. Um, we learned a lot of things during our stint as new, as well as having to endure the pandemic, which was essentially that there was a simpler problem to solve there, which was helping housekeepers manage their business. And that's what we pivoted on to doing. The people here don't know this yet, yes. but we have, as a special guest, someone from a reality television show who's going to be on stage. I'll reveal it later to the Wait, podcast audience. From the Netflix pods to our stage here in Seattle, let's welcome newlywed Kwame Apia from the hit reality dating show, Love is Blind. Kwame, come on up. Since this was the deal of the year category, sponsored by Wilson Sonsini, my colleague John Cook asked Love is Blind star Kwame Appia for some advice on deal making and mergers for the business people in the audience. It's all about finding the perfect match. So you just went through this process of finding the perfect match. I Why do. don't you give this audience some advice about what they should look for in that great mate? All right. So, um, interestingly enough, it's funny always hearing congratulations to a newlywed because I have been married for a year now. Uh, you all just saw it a couple months ago. Um, but I would say the most important things in sealing the deal is making sure that you feel good about your relationship and how it makes you feel when you're in it. And so if we can come to the table, we can shake hands, we can transition that relationship of friendship right into business, then you know things are going in the right direction. You can see Kwame Appiah on Netflix's hit reality dating show, Love is Blind, season four, located in Seattle. 
But he wasn't the only reality TV star at the awards, which leads us back to my conversation with Claudius Memba of Spritz. Are you a Love is Blind fan? Oh, of course. Wait, wait, okay. I'm not going to lie. I thought you were talking about me. Do you know I was on a reality TV show? That's why I brought it up. That's why I brought it up. Right, yes. You were on Domino Masters. Yes, yes. I was on Domino Masters and uh, had such an interesting experience. It is not Love is Blind, thankfully, uh, but I am also a Love is Blind fan, and I've seen the most current incarnation and season. What did you learn from that experience on Domino Masters? Oh my God, so much. Um, I learned a lot about the TV industry, quite frankly. That was one of the biggest things. I don't want to give any spoilers, but uh, I guess I will say that there's a lot that is uh, prepped for TV. Uh, and, and being a watcher, you feel like it's all live in real time. But yeah, I, I learned a lot of uh, things on TV are prepared, and that's fine, honestly, as long as you understand that's the case. Beyond that, I learned uh, I have an aptitude for staying up really late and working really hard, apparently. <laughs> If I recall correctly, you were not a domino person. You're, of course, an engineer, and they wanted to make sure they had engineers on the show, and that was how you got roped into this. Exactly, yeah. I, I really, out of a chance interaction, was uh, pinged about domino masters. Um, and I'm not a domino person per se, but I've done some engineering things in Rube Goldberg's in the past, and that's what led them to be interested in me. And um, I really, for me, the benefit and interest was one, getting to learn how TV was made because I, during the pandemic, had been consuming a lot of TV. Figured I might as well go figure out how it's how it's done. Uh, but also, too, wanted to be able to kind of help promote STEM and um, education and show kind of di different diverse backgrounds in that area and so in that genre. And so it was a really cool opportunity. And I give, quickly give a quick shout out to my teammates Stevens and Evans who were uh, instrumental in, in in the work we did. Okay, getting back to your company, how are you incorporating or thinking about AI in your company now in ways that you might not have been even a few months ago, if at all? Yeah, so one of the big things, I mean, we've always had aspirations of integrating the data that we collect and the data that comes through our app into an AI model to help improve our algorithms and our processes. And now with obviously ChatGPT and, and, and OpenAI and the work that's coming into generative AI models, we're uber excited to be able to really jumpstart that ASAP. And so it's not really anything new, but we've always been thinking about this. Our, some of our plans, again, are to improve our algorithms in regards to the, the amount and timing that it takes to clean a place, to be able to help actually our customers, because now we are a SaaS platform, deliver communications to their customers. So again, one of the great things that Generative AI is great with right now is essentially text expansions or uh, working with text. And so communication is a huge component of what we do for our our cleaners, and so helping them be able to craft really good communications to their clients, aka the homeowner, would be something that we're definitely interested in. Okay, are you a Star Wars fan? I am, I am a Star Wars fan, yes. So if you could choose one Star Wars character that embodies the spirit of your company or the work that you do, who would it be and why? I, this may sound cliche, but I guess I would go with R2-D2. I think R2-D2 Going back to AI and technology, R2-D2 is a robot that is very helpful in helping his counterparts achieve whatever they want to achieve. And I feel like that embodies what we're trying to do. We, are, we want to be the technological counterpart to our housekeepers and uh, customers, helping them achieve their ultimate goal of, again, succeeding in what they want to do. And so I think R2-D2 would be the, my answer there. Claudius, thanks very much for talking with me. Thank you so much, Todd. It was a pleasure. Claudius Memba, co-founder and CTO of Spritz, is a past finalist for Young Entrepreneur of the Year, 
with his colleague and co-founder, Spritz CEO Kwame Bowler. The winner of Young Entrepreneur of the Year this year was Anna Maria Constantine, co-founder and CEO of AI health platform Cascade Health. Cost and complexity of care are endemic in the U.S. healthcare system. U.S. healthcare costs are rising very rapidly at nearly twice the rate of inflation. 55% of Americans are worried that they or someone they know won't be able to afford healthcare bills. And 65% of Americans say they don't really understand how their health insurance coverage works. The great news is that the government is now mandating insurance companies and hospitals to release their prices. The challenge is that the data is inaccessible to consumers due to the size and complexity. We're bringing all this data into an intelligent platform and we're using AI on top to help consumers access prices and enterprise guide people to low-cost, high-quality care so that people can understand and make informed decisions in, in healthcare. Thank you all so much. That was Anna Maria Constantine of Cascade Health, the 2023 GeekWire Awards Young Entrepreneur of the Year. Thanks to Talent Reach for sponsoring the Young Entrepreneur of the Year category in the awards this year. Next up, one of the finalists for CEO of the Year. Xiao Wang, co-founder and CEO of Boundless Immigration. And we help immigrants navigate the process far easier than before. So Xiao, when you look at the context of your business and the current economy, what are you seeing and where are things headed overall? What's your outlook? I'm just disappointed and sad overall, right? Like. What America needs right now is more workers, lower inflation, and a big driver of that is immigrants because we're not having a lot of kids. And in context of what like we're seeing is that like the the country is trying its hardest to make it even more challenging and take even longer for immigrants to legally come here and work here, which is unfortunate and, and extends this, you know, economic downturn for everyone. So I'm really interested in the answer to this question in the context of your business in immigration. How are you incorporating or thinking about AI in your company now in ways that you might not have been even a few months ago? I think fundamentally it's going to give so much more access and information to people without having to pay hundreds or thousands of dollars for legal help like they did before. However, in our case, because of the high stakes nature of the immigration process, it's also important to make sure that the information is accurate. And we've already seen incidences of families getting into a lot of trouble with the government because they took something that AI produces with a lot of confidence where it's actually wrong. And so ultimately it comes down to this integration between what AI can do, which is shortcut and, and provide like guidance to people along with expertise to make sure that the guidance is accurate. If you could choose a Star Wars character that embodies the spirit of your company or the work that you do, who would it be and why? Folks I really admire are Luke's uncle and aunt on Tatooine. Right? Like they were given this incredible responsibility. They don't have the force, they don't have superpowers, they don't have resources, and they helped him grow up. And I think that that is a great example of how startups work, where ultimately it's about just the perseverance and the ability to adapt and evolve in the face of all obstacles that ultimately helps you achieve your mission at the end. Xiao, thank you very much. Thank you, Todd. Xiao Wang is CEO of Boundless Immigration, one of the finalists for CEO of the Year in the 2023 GeekWire Awards. Thanks to RSM, the audit, tax, and consulting services firm, for sponsoring this category. 
The winner of CEO of the Year in the 2023 GeekWire Awards, Chris DiOrio of Impinge. And especially to the Impinge employees, this award is really all about you. You know, as I think about my job as CEO, I truly believe my number one job is to help every Impinge employee be wildly successful. And that if every employee is wildly successful, the company can't help but be wildly successful. And I hope that this award may be a recognition that I've at least made some progress toward that goal. Last but not least, here's one of the finalists for Innovation of the Year. My name is Patrick Houston, and I'm the founder of Ghostwriter AI. I make an add-in for Microsoft Office that brings ChatGPT right into your documents. And the only attendee at the GeekWire Awards that I've seen so far wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> That's right. You know, I already got the John Dutton comment a couple times out there in the audience, and I said I predate John Dutton. You are a recurring guest now on the GeekWire podcast. This is unofficially your third appearance on the GeekWire podcast. You spoke with us a few months ago, and then you spoke with us many years ago. But a few months ago, we talked about Ghostwriter. As you said, it's this add-in for Microsoft Office. Catch us up. What's happened with Ghostwriter and your ChatGPT and generative AI add-ins for Office since we last spoke? It's been fantastic. I have to admit, after that first article, it has blown up around the world, and you made my life miserable because I'm working like 12, 14 hours a day trying to fulfill the orders and all the comments and questions, but it's been fantastic. Almost four months later, I've had over 100,000 installs from the Microsoft Office add-in store, which, which in my opinion is the number one add-in ever. If no one's going to dispute it, you're just going with that. Yeah, who's going to dispute that? How many people have an ad in in that store? All right, I was asking other people how they're thinking about AI today in ways that they might not have been three months ago, but I'm just curious, as a user of Ghostwriter, I've received some of your emails about the limits on GPT-4. Yeah. How is this interaction with OpenAI going for you? Is there long-term sustainability here? Where do you see this headed over the long term? Yeah, with, with GPT-4, I think they're screwed right now just because there's so many people using it, it can't handle the processing that's available. And I'm experiencing that first and foremost in the app. The other day I ran into a rate limit. So I had too many people requesting access to their API. And so after several frantic call-ins to OpenAI, somebody actually talked to me and increased my rate limit. It didn't speed it up at all, it's still crappy, but I can have thousands of more people access it at one time. It's interesting, Sam Altman, the OpenAI CEO, testified on Capitol Hill this past week, and one of his points was, they don't want more users right now, they don't have the GPUs to keep up, and your business exemplifies that right now. Yeah, it does. I think where I've taken my app since we first talked is, I moved it into professions. So there's a legal version, there's a professor or education version, there's a consultant version. What I've seen now over the last four months is really, it's fun to have a general chat with the AI, but really if you want to take advantage of it, it has to assume the role that you are. And so by doing that, and I think a lot of people are doing that now, we're asking more of the AI, more parameters are going up, and it's completely bottlenecking up there. So Patrick, when you look now at this past three to six months in the technology space, how would you put this in context of everything you've seen in terms of the level of creativity that you're seeing 
in the overall technology industry. <laughs> Fascinating. You know, um, you really have to stretch outside your comfort zone and all the experiences that you've been used to in developing software and really have to figure out a new way to approach it. It will be in our lives every day. I don't think it's going to be Skynet, even though in China they call their AI China, uh, Skynet. And that's scary. But I, I think we have to take off our blinders and look at it completely different on how it can assist us in our daily needs, because it will. Do you think that the big AI providers need to be regulated? <laughs> I would love for Google, Microsoft, OpenAI, Amazon, and Meta to be regulated. Uh, but I'm a small developer and they can put me out of business tomorrow. But um, I don't think they can really regulate. You know, it, it's impossible. The cat's out of the bag, horses are out of the barn, right? There's no putting this baby back. We're just gonna have to go for it. You're gonna have 70% of the people being good with the technology like I am, and there's gonna be 30% of, of the people looking at it to uh, scam us. Last question, Patrick. In line with the theme of tonight's GeekWire Awards, if you could choose one Star Wars character that embodies the spirit of your company or the work that you do, who would it be and why? I guess I could say it'd be Han Solo, right? He's, you know, he would have a cowboy hat on and he'd be riding a horse. I think he was riding some funky monster, Empire Strikes Back, right? So yeah, he knows how to ride a horse, so I would say it'd be Han Solo represents the spirit of my company. Patrick Husting from Ghostwriter AI, one of the finalists tonight at the GeekWire Awards for Innovation of the Year. Good luck tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Other finalists for Innovation of the Year were Proprio, which uses computer vision, AI, and augmented reality to transform surgical procedures. Udly, building an AI platform to improve public speaking skills. Overland AI, which is developing technology for off-road autonomous vehicles, and Temporal, creating productivity tools for software developers. And the winner of Innovation of the Year was Patrick Husting and Ghostwriter. And so I'm humbled to be in the innovation table over there because they're always smarter than me. So I thought about this, it's more of an inspiration that one person who loves technology, I love technology, can beat Microsoft to the game. So thank you. Innovation of the Year was presented by our longtime GeekWire Awards title sponsor, Astound Business Solutions, which has been a supporter of GeekWire and this event for more than 10 years. By the way, the weed zapping laser company mentioned in the intro was Carbon Robotics, whose self-driving robot identifies weeds, then zaps them with precision thermal bursts from lasers. Carbon Robotics was the winner of Hardware Gadget of the Year in the 2023 GeekWire Awards. You can read more about Carbon Robotics and all of the finalists and winners in the 2023 GeekWire Awards and see photos and a full video from the event at geekwire.com and in the show notes on this episode. Thank you for listening. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the GeekWire podcast.